Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowfishing Buzz presented by AMS Bowfishing, season number two, episode 18 already there, Schmitty. Can't believe it, season two, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we actually had our first uh, podcast almost a little over a year ago now. Yeah, we kind of started in the slower season just to try to get a little bit more buzz surrounding right. the bowfishing sport, and up here it gets slow because we have ice in the lakes. Yeah, we've we had about eight inches of snow since yesterday morning. Yeah. Yep. Nice fluffy snow out there. I had to go blow, snow blow my driveway last night. And when I got halfway done, it just stopped working. Your snowblower? Yeah, I just heard a big... Oh, like, no. Oh, wonderful. What did I just chew up now? Yeah. Now you got to go back to your old-fashioned snowblower, you and a shovel. No. So I took her in the garage and I took it apart and my belt had a big tear in it. Oh, jeez. But uh, thankfully, I had a spare one ready to rock and roll. You had a spare snowblower? Absolutely, oh, Schmitty. Absolutely. You got to be prepared for these Wisconsin winters. Yep, so I threw the new belt on, and back when I went. That's that's good. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, we talk about bow fishing here, and we talk about uh, AMS and the sport and everything, but I think we can just enlighten everybody listening on our little adventure that we just went on last week. Oh, my week. gosh. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we're a little behind on our <laughs> podcast is because we were going to, you know, always do one right after the ATA show. Yep. But we had a trip planned to South Dakota. No, not to do any scouting. We weren't <laughs> going to do any scouting because there's a lot of ice on the water out there. But yeah, it was, it was rough to say the least. Went out there, I tried to catch some big old jumbo perch out there in South Dakota. Everybody talks about them. And we went out there on, I think, the worst three weather days of this year, of the last five years. I think those were the worst three days that South Dakota has ever seen in its existence, to be honest with you. I felt like we were trying to ice fish in the Antarctica. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Just to let everybody know how terrible it was, the first two days when we got there, it was like 30 to 40 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 50. Yeah. And the temperature that day was 20, was the high. On the first day. On the first day. So it was actually, yeah. the wind was terrible. We could barely keep our pop-up shacks up, but at least the weather wasn't terribly cold. The right. next day, the high was negative two, but that wind stayed. Yeah. 30 to 40 with gusts up to 50. Yep. It was uh, negative 30 wind chills. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. It was dangerous. It yeah. was not good out there. And then the last day we were there, Sunday was... The high was like negative six, but there wasn't as much wind. We felt like it was right. summertime. That was the first day we saw the sun. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the fish didn't bite either. So it was it was tough. Just to let you know what it was like. We were trying to go around the north end of the lake on Saturday. And we had to stop because we could not see past the hood of the truck. Yep. We did not know where the road was. We didn't it was a complete whiteout. Um and we didn't want to drive with any drifts because we had a thirty foot trailer behind us with our folders in there and we didn't want to have to get stuck and then back that thing all the way up so it was amazing we, tell them how we actually had to tie our, our our portable shacks down the first day the first day that we went out there we were a little iffy about going on to the bigger bodies of water out there because of Couldn't that that wind would just be terrible the drifting snow at the boat landings were just awful so we actually went to this smaller lake yeah out there and as we're walking out there we were all excited we, we left at midnight thursday drove all the way there got there at I'd say 7.30 the next yep. day. We had our licenses yep. and everything ready to rock and roll, and we're walking out onto the lake, and we're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. We aren't going to be able to have our little pop-up shacks. They're not going right. to stay. No. They're going right. to rip. They're going to blow across the lake, and they're going to be gone. And for those of you that don't know how we use our portable shacks, is there's big, long tie-down screws that you screw into the ice, yep. and then you anchor them down with, with ropes and stuff to, to secure them to the ice. 
And uh, I was worried that that wasn't going to happen. So what did we do? We had to use one of those ropes on each side of those portable shacks. And we actually went out to a part of the lake that had trees that were sticking up out of the ice yep. because of all the flooding that's going on out there. We had to tie our rope to that tree. Yep. And I honest to God think <laughs> that that is the only reason that those pop-ups didn't go flying. Uh, we, we, were, we had, there was five of us, okay? So, yeah. and we were all five were helping put up my portable shack. Everybody who had to kneel down on the skirt. I mean, yep. it was all hands on deck. Yep. And then we went, once mine was set up, then we all went over and set up my partner's shack. I, when, while we were doing that, I was so worried because I'm like, my shack is going to end up in Canada somewhere. Yeah. I saw you, you were, you were kneeling down on Keith's shack and we're looking over and your eyes were like, you just kept, you're looking down at what you're doing and you'd look over at your shack and oh. your shack was just billowing in the wind, ready to freaking go. <laughs> that was just, you had to, you had to have a snowmobile helmet on when you're standing outside or else you, you couldn't yeah. see, you could yep. barely breathe. It was so windy. Yep. Just, just imagine the worst possible ice fishing conditions. That's what we, that's mm-hmm. what we ice fished in. Yep. I think I caught three walleye. You caught a couple I caught walleye. one walleye, and you sabotaged another walleye catch there. <laughs> oh, Derek, keep them in the water. I'll film you bringing them up out of the hole. Ting! Gone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you caught five perch. Um, Keith caught... His first walleye. His first walleye ever. Yep. Yep. Tim caught a couple walleyes, and our good buddy, Al Brusky, never caught a fish. He was fishless the whole trip. He but did he, have one up to the hole that got off on yep, the last day. Yep, but he kept a good <laughs> attitude about it, so oh, that's, yeah. that was good. Yep. But, yep, yeah, yep. that was just our little our little uh, South Dakota story. When we went to get bait out there, the lady who uh, helped us get bait, she's like, you guys are going ice fishing? You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And she said, no one's going to come get you on stuck till Monday. When right? she said that, we're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't be out here. But yeah. you remember, And then when we were – the first day we were on that little lake, and we were leaving that lake, it was a complete whiteout. You couldn't oh, see the shore. You couldn't see lost. nothing. Yep. So we start walking, and we got, we're pulling our sleds with our ice shack and all of our gear in there and stuff, and we're walking and walking, and the snow was at my back when we started. And we kept walking and walking, and pretty soon I could feel the snow on the side of my face, and I, I stopped, and I looked at my phone to see where the shore was, and I yelled to Tim in front of us, and I said, Tim, we got to go to the left. And he says, no, we got to keep walking in front of us. I can see it. He said he could see the landing. Right. There was a, a big uh, permanent ice shack at the landing. He thought he could see that shack. Right. So we kept walking there, and, and here it was just a regular shack on the, on the ice. Yeah. So we were we walked like 500 yards out of our way, and then had to go back another 500 yards and that stuff. It was just crazy. Yeah. White out. White out. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, it was rough. <laughs> but, yeah. But anyways, um, let's get back to some, uh, some bow fishing here. We've got some uh, BAA records to go over, and uh, Schmidt, you can start them out. Absolutely. So the first person we'd like to congratulate is Jeremy Bledsoe on his BAA Delaware and BAA World Record Atlantic Stingray weighing 18 pounds, 9.6 ounces. Awesome job, Jeremy. You know what's cool about that is Jeremy, I know Jeremy Bledsoe. You know everybody. He uh, He's one of the, the guys that runs the Kentucky Speedway. Oh, wow. Okay. And when I was there a couple years back with Corey Brassman, um, Jeremy took me in a pickup truck the day after the race. It was a Saturday night race. He took me down onto the track on Sunday morning, and he took me around the racetrack at about 100 miles an hour. It was Really? It was amazing. Jeremy was driving, and you were in the... Yeah. Really? Oh, my gosh. Small world. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, wow. That's neat. So then we've got uh, McCade Hargrove on his BAA Tennessee youth record, Long Nose Gar, weighing 13.20 pounds. 
job, McCade. Gabe Henry, congratulations on your BAA Alabama Youth Gizzard Shad, weighing one pound, 3.2 ounces. And his Tennessee youth record freshwater drum weighing eight pounds, 6.4 ounces. Good job, Gabe. Nice. Bo Sampson on his BAA Maryland Youth and Youth World Record Butterfly Stingray, weighing 201 oh pounds, 1.6 ounces. You know, you had that picture up on Facebook before, and my jaw just about hit the floor. It's big. Oh, the kid looks tiny standing next to it. <laughs> just crazy. That's huge. Tommy Mitchell, congratulations on your BAA Oklahoma State record bullfin. Four pounds, 12.8 ounces. Awesome job, Tommy. And we've got Tristan Wilkinson on his BAA Florida and BAA world record African knife fish. Weighing seven pounds even. That was a cool-looking fish. I wonder if he went to Africa and shot that. I don't know. That's that's a new one. I've never heard of an no. African knife fish. No, me neither. Hmm. Cool. Now, Bo Sampson, that's the second time on the list. Congratulations yep. on his BAA, Pennsylvania Youth and State Record, River Carp Sucker? Carp Sucker. Three pounds. River Carp Sucker, Bo Sampson, Pennsylvania. Congratulations. Oh, Bo's been on a roll here. Absolutely. Yep. Then we've got James Carroll on his BAA South Carolina state record redfish, weighing 4 pounds, 1.6 ounces. I'd still love to try some redfish. Everybody Ooh, says they are, are so just good. delicious. Never they had are. them before. They are very good. Britt Rena, congratulations on your BAA Texas state and BAA world record tilapia, weighing 13 pounds. That's a beast. The, the picture with it as well, uh, it didn't even look like a tilapia. Wow. It was like a big old dinner plate. That's Huge tilapia. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Britt. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Alexander Graham on his BAA Texas youth record, long nose gar, weighing six pounds, 9.6 ounces. Good job, everybody. That's yep. that's awesome. It's, yep. it's really cool seeing all these records. Look at, I mean, since our last podcast now, we did have a little bit of a break in there, but we've got, what, a dozen yeah. new records yep. to report? Yep, and a lot of youth records, which is awesome in there. And, and it's really cool. Like I said, if you're not a BAA member, make sure you join up. Uh, they do a lot of work that's behind the doors that we don't see. And then they also uh, keeping these records for the Bow Fishing Association that we all love to do and all these bow fishing records. So mm-hmm. um, make sure that you join. And, and the more people that we get joining, the more backing we can get. Yep, absolutely. We can show we have a large following of, of people in that group. Yep, yep, absolutely. You know, something I – we're talking about these records here. And we just got back – that first week in January, we were down in Indy at the ATA show. Yep. I talked to a couple people at the ATA show, and I've just talked to people since I started working here that have shot a big fish, mm-hmm. whatever species, you know, whatever legal species to shoot while bow fishing. And they're like, wow, that is a big, for example, that's a big common carp. Mm-hmm. They shoot it. They keep shooting throughout the night. They take it back and weigh it the next day. And here it's like a couple ounces shy of their given state yep. record. Yep. If you think that there is even a possibility Absolutely. of you having a record, for God's sakes, go register it. You yep. don't shoot fish like that all the time. Just take the time. If it means you got to cut the night short or something, just go do it. That's mm-hmm. something that you could hold on to for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. having a record like that. Absolutely. And the BA makes it very easy for you to to uh, take care of your records because in the past you had you, you'd, you'd shoot that fish, you'd have to... More than likely, you shot it at nighttime, so you'd have to wait till the next day. Find a certified scale, you know, and take the pictures of it. Get it all, you know, certified by somebody that runs a certified scale. Yep. And um, now the BA sells a scale 
and you can tear it and and do all the the weighing on that scale. Yep. Take a picture of it and submit it, and that will be recognized as a state or world record. Yeah. That way, I know when uh, back in the days when I shot that seventy-two pound buffalo carp, mm-hmm. uh, not carp but buffalo. Yep. Um, I had to wait the next day, and then I had to find some, a certified scale. Yep. And we actually had to take it to a feed mill. Oh wow. On a certified scale, and we called the DNR and stuff. But you know, it, it took a long process. Yep. Where nowadays you can get it taken care of right away in the boat. You know, right then and there. Right, right, and that is when that fish is going to weigh the most. Absolutely. Is when right after you shoot it and get it into the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're sitting out in the sun the next morning, then oh, I'm gonna go weigh that big one. Yep. Oh my gosh, it would have been a state record. Then you pile on a bunch more fish right. on top of the fish, and he loses more juice and possibly eggs out of juice. there and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. All his juice. All his big fish juice. <laughs> so we were down in Indy, like we were saying, we're at the ATA show. Um, if you guys don't know what ATA is, it's like pretty much every single uh, brand company in the outdoor industry. They go down there, set up a booth at the big convention center down there, mm-hmm. and we we release new products that we have for the year. It's always a really big event. It's not open to the public. It's right. like a, it's a, it's it's a, a dealer, company. It's a dealer show. Yep. It's a dealer show. Dealers come in. You can show them product. There's all kinds of... Uh, celebrities down there big people in the industry like mm-hmm. uh like matt himself oh, <laughs> but uh ams we had a couple of new products for the 2020 line that we debuted down there and i think that it was mm-hmm. pretty cool showing everybody what we uh brought for the 2020 season yeah we got some nice little add-ons that you can add into your boat for this year and, absolutely um, what Our, we got there Derek? we have we have three new things that we brought to the line this yep. year to start it off we have a new arrow rest for bow fishing the zip rest. The zip rest is a simple yet functional arrow rest. Just snap the arrow in from the side or load through the center. Composite material ensures minimal wear on arrow shaft. The zip rest can be used by right or left-handed shooters. Now, you and me tested this rest all summer. Mm-hmm. We shot it. It's simple. Right. Easy to use. It's got containment. It's got a little slot right. that you can slide your arrow in. Your arrow's not going to be bouncing around anywhere if you got to make any quick movements. But it's just simple, and it works, simple. and it, it, it keeps your arrow on that straight path that you need it to yep. be. It's simple and it's easy to use. That's what I like about it. Absolutely. So that was that was cool to show people this year as well. And then another thing that we brought to the line, not something that you'd usually think of for bow fishing necessarily, but I think that it can actually be a huge little asset on the boat. We have a line cutter. Yeah. We have a little tiny line cutter that has some 3M tape on the back that you can put on your bow. You can slide mm-hmm. it. If you don't want it on your bow, you can put it on the side of your boat or something. And what yep. it has is a contained little blade. And all you have to do is run that line into that line cutter, and that blade is sharp. Yep. It is going to cut that line lickety-split. I don't know how many times I'm in the boat, and you shoot through a fish, or you get a big tangle, and you're looking for a knife, and it's just, it's never easy. Right. Now you can have it right on the riser of your bow, or a right. limb of your bow, or somewhere yep. easy. Yep. And it's a ceramic blade in there, and like I said, it cuts that it cuts that line like butter. It just, yeah. whoosh, and yep. it's off. It's cut. Yep, very sharp, and it's not exposed. There's no way for you to accidentally run your finger across it or anything. Right. It's safe. You don't have yep. to worry about kids bumping up against it. It's yep. it's a pretty cool system that I think once people get it, they'll be like, oh, my gosh. Right. This I, is so much easier than having to go find a knife somewhere. Right. I, I mounted one right to the riser of my bowl last year. Um, this year I'm going to put a couple more just in spots on the boat. Sure. Yep. You know? Yep, absolutely. And then finally, we have a new fluorescent arrow shaft. It just about blinds your eyes when you look at oh it. Oh, my gosh. That thing is so bright. When I'm out there building arrows and I have, like, a whole stack of, like, 100 of them sitting in front of me, 
I got to put my sunglasses on because they're so peckin' bright. <laughs> they're like, a, I would explain the color as like, a, well, a fluorescent green, just a very right. bright green yep. color. And something that we were thinking about when we wanted to come out with this new color is bow fishing, I would say, right now, there's a lot of, I would say that more guys do it than girls. Mm-hmm. We sell so many pink shafts. Oh, that's, our most com- that's our most popular shaft is a pink shaft. Yes. yes. And we're like, you know what? I think guys like pink. Maybe they just like the color pink. But also, it's very easy to see. Mm-hmm. Say something happens where you lose an arrow, you can go find that pink arrow easy. So this fluorescent shaft, not only does it look sharp as heck on your, on your bow, if you were to lose it, it's easy to see. It looks sharp on the water. So I think that that's really something that people are going to order up yeah. this season. The, here's one of the reasons I love very high-vis arrow shafts is for the backup shot oh yeah i can see that arrow starting to come up i can see kind of the angle of that arrow and i can shoot right at that arrow for the backup shot that's why i like those those high vis fluorescent type arrows you might not see the fish that you're taking a backup shot yet but you can follow that high vis okay that fish is right down Mm -hmm. there boom Mm -hmm. put that second shot and get him in the boat yeah let him have it absolutely so ata was fun talked to a lot of people very busy we were very busy this year. It was a great year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I remember that first day, um, show started at 8.30. Sitting there talking to people, you know. All of a sudden, uh, Jeff goes, oh, somebody can probably go take lunch. We'll start our lunch shifts. And I was thinking, what? Yeah. It's got to be like 9.30 <laughs> or 10 o'clock. What do you mean? We just had Starbucks for breakfast. <laughs> Looking, it's like 12.30. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, those shows – you know, if they're a longer show, sometimes they can drag on, but the ATA this year was just bumping. It was. It was like we, we drove down there, we started setting up the show, and we were packing up. It seemed like yeah. it went so fast. Yeah. You know, and then once again, every year when we leave for the ATA show, every year we leave Indianapolis. <sighs> yeah. There's weather moving in every yep. year. Yep. Just terrible. Yep. So we actually packed everything up and drove just into the Illinois border and spent the night so we could watch the uh, the NFL football game, the Ravens and... Ravens-Titans, I think, were Titans on, and on, the yep. Chiefs game was on, I think, that same night. So we pulled off and watch watched it. that, ate some Pizza Hut pizza. Yep, but we had to get back on Sunday because we had to watch the Packers. Yeah, yep, yep. So we had to get back for that. That game was like at 4.30. We had to get back. Yeah, and then they, then they beat the Seahawks, and then we were watching the Packers out in South Dakota, and then they end up losing. Yeah, so that that was not good. No, what a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, mm. and you know, with that being said, you know, we're rolling into the beginning of the 2020 season here in Alshmiti. Absolutely, seeing a lot of lot of dates for tournaments being put out there already. So it's kicking in. Yep, yep. Absolutely. It's funny. We got home from ATA after that first of the year, you know, and the old email during this slower season you know it's not as uh, there's not as many in the inbox as it usually is <laughs> we got back from ata and that thing is on fire yeah yep. you know just tournament donation emails and uh people flyers. just talking about tournaments flyers orders yep. the whole nine yards it's like after that first of the first of the year you know everyone's like all right we gotta get back into bow fishing uh state of mind right because i know you know starting in january a lot of the these state-run bow fishing organizations have their annual meetings and sure. and decide on different changes throughout the, the upcoming year and stuff like that. And then they they set their dates for their tournaments. So that's why we get a, a flood of these coming in at this time of year with yep. all the donation requests and stuff like that. But some of the dates for some of the bigger tournaments, you know, of course you've got the the Worlds um, May 30th in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, don't go out there. Uh, go out there when that tournament is, not in January when it's uh, blowing yeah. 40 mile an hour. Yeah. This will be much more enjoyable. Right. One of my favorite tournaments that I always enjoy going to is uh, May 23rd to Wisconsin Open mm-hmm. statewide tournament. That's just a fun, fun tournament. They pull around 75 to 80 boats for that tournament. That's awesome. It's a great, great tournament. Um, and one of my more favorite tournaments to go to is the Jared Ashmore Youth Tournament. Always very cool, yeah. Um, down in Kentucky. Just love taking out, um, we always take out Ty Redden and his and uh, Cody and uh, take them out there. But that's just a really, really neat atmosphere and seeing all the kids and the kids coming to weigh-ins. You know, I just I just love that yeah. that format. These kids are all jacked up. It's, it's big time for them, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and they really love that. And, of course, uh, June 13th. We'll be having our 10th annual AMS Big 20, and we've got some big news for that that we're going to be holding yes, back do. on you right now. Yep, yep. We're going to be holding you back on that. Yep. Let's but, just say uh, it's big. <laughs> yeah. You're going to want to sign up for this. Um, we're working out a few more details on it here, but once we get it all finalized, we'll be putting it up on the AMS Facebook page and, of course, talking about it on our Fishing Buzz podcast, but some big news coming up for Absolutely. this year's AMS Big 20, the 10th anniversary, baby. 10th anniversary, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when is the, the, uh, the Muzzy Classic? We've got that in July 11th, and I believe that's going to be in Kentucky as well. And then the Bass Pro U.S. Open will be April 25th, and they're bringing that to, back to Missouri, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got some full slate. Bow fishing season is here. Yeah, <laughs> it's here. Unfortunately, we can't go shooting here because no. actually, you and I will be going ice fishing, fishing again. <laughs> you and I will be going ice fishing again tomorrow. Yep, yep. Hopefully, we don't get blown off the lake like last time. It right. actually looks like it's going to be beautiful. Right. So right. So with that said, we're going to wrap up. This year episode of the Bowfishing Buzz, presented by AMS Bowfishing. Remember, join your local bowfishing organization. Join the BAA. We need you. They need you. And who knows, if you shoot a big fish, register it. Yep, absolutely, register it. And check out some of our new products, our line cutters, our new arrows, and our new rest. From all of us at AMS Bowfishing, best of luck. And remember, aim low. And think big. Thanks for listening, guys.